energy here. It's good to see all your smiling faces. I know you're so excited about going back to school. I know that didn't work very well, did it? <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so I have chair cards here. Why don't you just kind of take one and pass it around? I've got, there's fall retreat schedules and all the information that's on here is on the big sheets over there. Here's just some of these two. I just, I just, if you guys want one, you know, just kind of pass some around. There's not very many left here in this, these stacks. But you guys need Dominic. You need to go. Are you in? <laughs> Sweet. He said, yeah. Alright, good, good. Tonight I want to talk to you about sacrifice and what it means from a, from a disciple, a disciple's perspective. And uh, so we're, it's kind of like week four of just vision casting, week four of really learning what it, what it means to be a follower of Christ, to be a disciple. And I want to start by just reading uh, a passage of scripture, Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 27. It says this, uh, the scripture is going to be on the screen, but if you brought your Bibles, which you should always bring your Bibles, you can turn to it. It's probably a page like 1086. I'm <laughs> just kidding, I'm All right. Luke chapter 9, verse 23 through 27. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, this is Jesus speaking, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Now, I highlighted this part because this part is important. You must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross daily. We're going to talk about that. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but are yourself lost or destroyed? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. I tell you the truth. Some standing here right now will not die before they see the kingdom of God. Let's begin to pull some of the truths out of this scripture passage uh, this evening. Now, I want to focus on two specific portions of that scripture. Two specific, um, two just, man, they're just, man, if, if we got to get these. In order to be a true follower of Christ, in order to be a disciple, we've got to understand these. These things have got to be ingrained. They've got to be branded on our hearts. Two specific portions. The first part is, take up your cross daily and follow me. Well, Pastor John, what in the heck does that mean? Take up your cross daily and follow me. Now, there's, there's so much... And this little phrase of Scripture, that there's so much in that, that books have been written about this one phrase. Books upon books upon volumes of books. About this phrase, take up your cross daily and follow me. What's it really mean? I think the key, the key to what that means is found in the verse that directly follows that statement. The verse that follows it, which is the second piece we want to discuss tonight, says, if you will try to hang on to your life, if you'll try to hang on to your life, like, my life's mine, I want to live my life my way, it's, it's mine, it's, it's, it's all about me, it's, it's, man, I'm not giving my life up for anybody else, to, it's my life. 
Scripture say? If you try to hang on to your life, just like I was describing, you will lose it. You will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, if you give up your life for the sake of Christ, if you give your heart, if you give your life, you give your future, you give Him everything, your dreams, your passions, your your day, you give Him the time when you brush your teeth. It's all about God. <laughs> Whatever. You, you give Him everything. I mean, the, from the smallest, minutest little, little piece of your life to the greatest parts of who you are. You give them to Jesus. And when you do that, when you, when you give up your life for my sake, He says, you will save Taking up your cross means letting go of whatever God asks you to let go of, including everything that makes up your life. Everything that makes up your life. So remember, uh, remember uh, a cross? A cross is an instrument of death. I said it Sunday morning briefly. A cross is an instrument of, of death. I mean, Jesus said to pick up this instrument of death and daily... And... and, and <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> He dropped cards and I was kicking them back to him as I was trying to read this. So, uh, uh, Jesus said, pick up this instrument of death. Pick it up daily and follow after him. Now that sounds a little, I don't an instrument of death? You want me to carry around an instrument of death? You want me to, to walk with this instrument of death? Every day, every day, every morning when I get up, you want me to pick this thing up and you want me to follow you with this? I mean, have you guys seen Christ? I mean, how many of you have seen the Passion? Passion of the Christ. All right, a lot of you have seen it. So, I mean, it's big. It's heavy. I mean, it's it's not soft and smooth wood. It's rough. It's rugged. I mean, there's stuff sticking out of it. You're gonna get splinters all over in your shoulder. I mean, it's gonna it's a, man, it's gonna boom. It's, it's big. You want me to you want me to pick up this instrument? I mean, people get crucified on this thing. They get they get they get tied to it. They get nailed to it. They get Man, it's, it's, a, it's a bad deal, this cross. And you want me to pick it up and follow you. Jesus said to pick this instrument of death up daily and follow after him. Your cross is whatever you have to do. Your cross is whatever you have to do to allow your life to become nothing. These are harsh, harsh words. Your cross is whatever you have to do in order for your life to become nothing. Nothing so that Christ can fill you fully and become your everything. <clears throat> you know, God created you because He wanted a relationship with you. He wanted to be your everything. He gave you free choice. He gave you free will. You can choose not to follow God. You can choose not to follow Christ. But He, because... It's really out of His love that He gave you that choice. But He wants you to choose Him. He wants you to follow Him. He wants that relationship. Someone fart over there? You guys are. He wants you to follow Him. It's probably one of those girls in here. You know, guys secretly like to smell farts. You guys know that? We do. No, no guy should deny it in here. You know. <laughs> Secretly, when one of our buddies, when one of our buddies says, "Oh, dude, I just fart," we hear our, our friend fart. Secretly, we're like, 
it was. I mean, we wanted to know if we should be proud of our friend or not. I mean, that's, that's the way guys are. And reality, and reality, when girls fart, it smells worse. Guys don't want to smell girls' farts. We just want to, we want to smell guys' farts. So that's just the honest, that's the honest truth. That has nothing to do with picking up your cross. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I don't even know where else to go. So, I can't even illustrate it to just combine it or make it moldable or shape it. So, your cross is whatever you have to do to allow your life to become nothing so that Christ can fill you fully and become your everything. Now, I want, I want to make a clear distinction here. Jesus didn't say, pick up His cross. Jesus didn't say, pick up His cross. He's not asking you to pay for all humanity's sin. He's not asking you to allow someone to pound nails into your hands and feet to beat you half to death and hang you on a cross. He's not asking you to pick up His cross. There's a big difference. A really big difference. You were never intended to pick up Christ's cross. That cross was for Him alone to bear. But there are some similarities that we cannot afford to miss here between the cross of Christ and the cross that we must bear and pick up daily. At the core, the cross was about love and sacrifice. At the very core, the cross is about love and sacrifice. And Jesus paid the price for our sin by becoming the holy, perfect sacrifice for our sin. He paid the price. We were sinful people. God is a, is a just God. He's a God of love, but He's also a God of justice. Someone had to pay for our sin. Someone had, I mean, the, the law of God in the Old Testament required a blood sacrifice. I mean, they would, they would kill bulls or they would kill sheep or goats or whatever. I mean, it was a blood sacrifice to pay for the sins of the people. But they had to continually do that because there was never anything that stopped the sin until Jesus came. Jesus paid the price once and for all for our sin. And now we have an opportunity to choose God and live a life where we don't sin. We don't have to sin. Sure, we make mistakes. Sure, sometimes we screw up. But we don't, we don't have to obey that sinful nature. We don't have to obey the enemy when he comes to tempt us. We have the freedom to choose not to. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you. I got one amen. That's great. You have the freedom. So Jesus gave up his rights when he went to the cross. You realize that? He gave up his rights. He gave up his life so that all humanity could be reconciled to God. Made right in that relationship. That's what reconciled means. So he made right in that relationship. So Jesus said in scripture to simply pick up your cross, to give up your rights, to make whatever sacrifice is necessary, just like he did. Only the sacrifices that the sacrifice he had to make was himself. Make whatever sacrifices necessary, whatever they may be, and be consumed by God. And just as God, and just as Jesus Christ sacrificed himself for all humanity, we too must give our lives up as a sacrifice. Not so much to hang on a cross. I mean, sometimes it happens. I mean, you think about China and the, the underground church over there where it's illegal where Christians are dying for their faith if they get caught for worshiping, if they get caught in a Bible study, if they get caught in one of their underground churches. 
in the dark of night. They could be imprisoned, beaten, and killed. Very easily. Very justly by the government. By the government standards. So just as Jesus gave up his life, we too have to give up. Be willing to give up our lives. Be willing to give up our rights. This means being willing to pay any price God asks you to pay. It means going wherever God asks you to go, even when it hurts. It means giving up whatever it is God asks you to give up so that there is less of you and more of Him. That's picking up your cross. Say, hey God, I'm picking up my cross. My life is yours today. I want to carry all of you in me. All of you. Every bit of you. Every ounce of you. Every bit of your spirit. Every ounce of your power. I want to carry your wisdom. I want to carry your strength. I want to carry the kingdom of heaven. I, I want you. I'm picking up my cross. I'm letting go of myself. I want to live my life for you. So this cross, your cross, is a cross that is picked up voluntarily, just like Christ's cross was. He did it voluntarily. He chose to do it. You, too, must choose to pick up your cross. There's a difference between the punishment of Roman convicts of, of the day who hung on crosses. I mean, they went to the cross against their will. I mean, they did some crime. They didn't want to go to the cross. They didn't want to die. But they committed some crime, whatever it was. They were taken to the cross. They were, they were crucified. But it was not willingly. But we as followers of Christ, we take up our cross willingly. We crucify this life. We give up our lives every day, allowing Christ to fully live in and through us. Our cross is whatever it takes to be obedient. Our cross is whatever it takes to be obedient. Whatever it takes to live without sin, to be humble, to follow in the footsteps of Christ, to represent Christ in His fullness to this world, to be a light into this world, no matter how difficult it gets, no matter how challenging it gets, no matter how scary it gets. We are to be that light. And in order to be a light, it means we pick up our cross. It's not about my life. It's about me, Jesus. My life's crucified, God, it's about you. My life's crucified on this cross, it's about you. God, do what you want with me. Work through me, move through me, whatever you want me to do, whoever, wherever you want me to go, whoever you want me to talk to, whatever you want me to say, God, do your work. My life's on this cross. My life doesn't exist anymore. It's crucified. Now, God, you exist you live in me. You breathe in me. God. Why is it that Jesus wants to become, wants us to become less? Why do you think? Why do you think Jesus wants us to become less? Easy answer. So he can become more. Right? So he can become more. This is why Paul says in Galatians 2.20, don't miss this passage of Scripture. Galatians 2.20 My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. This is Paul speaking. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. 
So I, so I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. My old self, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. See, whatever we need to put to death, whatever needs to be put to death in us in order to be more like Christ is what we place on our cross. The cross that we carry which becomes our sacrifice to God in the kingdom. Whatever, whatever we need to place on that cross becomes what we carry. Whatever it is. It's supposed to be our entire lives. But sometimes that doesn't happen all at once. Sometimes we just say, God, I'm all yours, yes, put my life on the cross. God, do whatever you want. Whatever you want. Sometimes that's, that's not reality, is it? Sometimes as students and as adults, especially as adults, we like to hang on to little pieces of our lives. Whether it's our checkbooks and we don't like to pay time. Or whether it's a, a relationship that we're in that maybe we shouldn't be in. Or, or maybe it's a boyfriend or girlfriend that maybe you shouldn't be with. Because you know it's not God that you're with them. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. We've got to be willing to give that up. Place it on the cross and keep moving. Say, God, 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 do something new. God, my life's about you. When, it, when it's really boiled down, we must place our entire life on that cross. That means, that means our desires. Our desires, we need to place on that cross. We need to sacrifice those. We need to destroy. We need to nail those onto the cross and say, God, now I want your desires. I don't want my desires because my desires are probably going to be a little messed up. My desires are probably going to get me in trouble. God, I don't want my, I want, I want your desires. It means our plans. God, if, if I lived the life that I wanted to live for my future, I'm, I'm probably going to screw up along the way. I'm probably going to mess up. But God, so God, I'm, I'm, I'm nailing my plans. I'm nailing my dreams to this cross because God, I want you to replace them with your plans and your dreams because... God, I know yours are so much better than mine. So we nail those to the cross. Our resources and our finances. We say, God, if I, if I hoard all these resources and all these finances and this money for myself, God, I'm not going to spend it wisely. I'm going to waste it on stuff that doesn't matter, that doesn't make an impact, that doesn't make a difference, that's going to leave me in a world of debt and a world of hurt. Nail my finances. I'm going to nail my resources to the cross. God, you take control of those. You show me how to spend my money. You show me what to do with my money. And you know what? You know what the funny thing is? And I've learned this, not as a teenager, but as an adult. But I hope you guys learned it as teenagers. Now, when you give up your resources and your money to God... He just keeps giving you more. When you start using them for, for Him and His glory and His kingdom, He just gives you more. All of a sudden, you're trustworthy with money. And as you're trustworthy and as you obey Him, He'll give you more because He knows you're going to obey Him more and obey Him again. So it's our resources, our finances. It's everything. Everything in our lives, we nail to that cross. And when we do that, God replaces those desires, replaces those plans, those passions with His. We take on. All of a sudden, 
all of us, all of me, all of, of John Mack, all of, all, of, all of me is on the cross. It's nailed there. It's, it's sacrificed. It's, it's crucified right there on that cross. All of me is up there, and all of a sudden, ooh, God's got a blank canvas. He comes in. He fills me up. All of a sudden, it's Christ that's living through me and not me. But it's God. And when we take on God, when we take on His characteristics, when we take on His love, when we take on His heart, that's when we become the light into this world. That's when we start seeing incredible miracles around us. That's when we start seeing incredible change. That's when we start seeing God moving through us. And it's like everything we're touching is turning to gold. Not literally gold, but like kingdom gold. It's like, man, everything, I mean, it's a treasure. Treasures are just popping up everywhere. And our treasures are stored in heaven. I'm not talking about monetary treasures. I'm talking about the treasures that we find when we lead someone to Christ. Treasures that we find when we lay our hands and pray for someone. And you see the encouragement. You see their countenance begin to change. You see faith beginning to be birthed. The, the, the treasure we find when we take a step of faith. When God, there's no other way for me to get out of this place that I'm in. There's no other way except for you to act, God. And we see God act. And we see God move. It's like with some of you in China. A couple of girls say, man, I'll, you know, God gave me, God wants, I feel like God wants, to, wants me to pay for 30 chairs. They had two and a half weeks to raise $300 for this 10 bucks a chair because they're knowing they're raising, they're putting ownership into this ministry. They're sacrificing their own stuff. I mean, they could use 300 bucks for a whole bunch of stuff. You could buy an Xbox, you could buy a Wii, you could go on a date, you could you could go eat, which is probably what I would do. I, I would get lots and lots and lots of ice cream. And I, I mean, 300 bucks would do a lot. God, this is your money. God, I don't even have the money. <laughs> God, I, I, you told me 30 chairs and I got 10 bucks. I got one out of the 30. But God, I'm taking a step of faith. I'm praying hard. I, I'm leaning on you, God, and I believe that you're going to provide the other $290 for me by the time that we have the rally cry, which is next Wednesday, at our service. We will have some type of contraption where we will all come and we will pour out our money into that for the chairs. The students will and we'll see what God does. And I'm believing that God's through our students that I'm going to be able to boast about you before the, before the church, before all the people. I'm going to be boasting about Ellen and Student Ministries and our students because they raised $6,000 and they paid for every chair because every chair represented a life that's means nailing everything. Everything to the cross. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. This is what God is talking to us about. If you try to hang on to your unforgiveness when others hurt you, you're going to lose your life. If you try to hang on to just a little bit of the party lifestyle, you're going to lose your life. If you try to hang on to that relationship that you know is not godly or of God, you're going to lose your life. If you try to hang on to, to, to some friendships that you know are just dragging you away from God and they're not the best influence on you, and man, they're just, they're just taking you deeper and deeper into the life and the place and the position you don't want to be, you're going to lose your life. 
If you try to hold on to any kind of sin, small or big, you're going to lose your life. If you try to hang on to the comfortable, the safe, the secure, and never take any steps that require you of putting your faith into practice, you're, you're going to lose your life. You're not going to save it. Because all of that comes down to selfishness here. And God says, I want you to nail all that to the cross. Nail yourself to the cross. It's your life. Does God just want parts of you? Is it okay just to nail three quarters of me to the cross and keep a quarter for myself? It's a, God, I just want you today mostly. God, I just want you partly today. God, help me here. But leave me alone here, God. Don't mess with this. Don't mess with my friendships. Don't mess with my relationships. Don't mess with the stuff that's really important. God, don't mess with my money. I want to buy a car. I'm going to turn 16 in two weeks and I want a car because I want to be cool. I want to get a date. <laughs> I mean, that's all cool. That's true, probably. <laughs> but can you nail three quarters of yourself to the cross and keep a quarter to yourself? God wants all of you. And when God has all of you, that's when you will have an impact. That's when you will become a fire starter. That's when you will be. That's when, that's when revival will begin to start through you, and you'll start seeing revival in your own hearts. And God will just start birthing these new desires and these new passions and this new love. It'll start just filling you up. It'll just burst out of you, and it's gonna burst all over everybody else in front of you, just like I spit and hit all these guys up front. It's just gonna be bursting out of you. Just spit on the person next to you. Go ahead, do it. That's what it's going to be like, though. Only not, uh, it's going to be a holy spit. It's going to be a holy spit. Not a yucky spit. A holy spit. And you're going to begin to influence. And, I mean, when you spit on somebody, you influence them, right? And, and they start acting all weird. They're, they're going to get mad at her. You know, I mean, whatever the case, I mean. Oh, God, begins to fill you up, and it begins to burst out of you. The impact you're going to have. The things you're going to be witness to. The movement of God you're going to experience. Nailed to the cross. If you give up your life for the sake of knowing Jesus. And for the advancement of his kingdom, he will save it. It will be a life you will treasure and not regret. We talked about the chairs a little bit. Talked about what that represents and what that means. Some of you need to nail some things to that cross in order to be a part of this. Some of you need to nail some things to the cross in order to be a part of 10,000 strong and to be in. I'm doing worship time saying, man, I'm in, I'm in God, I'm in God. Some of you need to nail some things to the cross if you're in the full in. Because if you get into the game, and you're kind of lackadaisical about it, and you're kind of mediocre about it, and you're kind of wishy-washy, and you're kind of in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the game, yay! Ooh. Don't hit me, don't tackle me, don't knock me over. Don't give me the ball. People are going to be hunting me down if you give me the ball. You can't get into the game and be wishy-washy. I mean, you got to be all in. 
Because just like in football, if you're not all in the game, and your head's not in it, you're going to get hurt. You've got to be full out. You've got to make sure you're hitting the guy that's trying to hit you harder than he hits you. Because if you hit the guy harder, you're not going to feel a thing. If that guy that's coming after you hits you harder than you hit him, it's going to hurt. Damn, you wish you washed. You have to all So tonight, I don't, uh, I don't, uh, uh, I don't have like a big response time for you because I don't want this to be any any type of emotional deal. I want this to be one hundred percent fully committed. Yes, God. There are things in my heart and there are things in my life that I need to nail that cross. He told me to pick up my cross every day and follow me. My life's got to be on that cross. And here's some things I've been holding on to. I need to nail. I want you just to close your eyes and bow your heads. I'm just going to spend the last couple minutes here. Just you thinking about that. Is there anything left in your life that is not on that cross? Anything at all. Anything left that's not on that cross. Anything. And when you find something in your life that is not on that cross, what are you going to do? Scripture says if you hold on to it, you'll lose your life. But when you nail it, you'll gain life. You'll Heavenly Father, we just come to you tonight. With this kickoff and at the start of 10,000 strong, we come to you. And God, the potential, the potential to see the kingdom come this year on our school campuses, on those properties, in the lives of our friends, in this building. In this room right here, in the gymnasium as we preach the gospel every Friday night. The potential to see your kingdom come is great. And the more of the people, the more our students follow. More of themselves to that cross. They refuse. They refuse to live their lives their own way. And they allow you to take over. The more students that do that, the more we will see your kingdom come. The more we will see a great revival begin to sweep through this city. The more we will see a nation transformed, a generation 
thank you for the heart of God. And God, that is my cry. That is my prayer. God, I pray. I pray, Father, that you would just eradicate and erase any fear among these young men and these young women. That father with the boldness and courage of lions, they would move. That Lord Jesus, as a group of rhinos is called a crash, and who run 30 miles an hour and only see 30 feet in front of them, they have poor eyesight, that God, we would see our young people, we would see them crash. We would see them collide. They would be running and charging for your kingdom and for your glory. And if you're in front of them, whoever's in front of them, better watch out. Their lives might be radically changed. So God, I pray for a special anointing upon these students. I pray, oh God, that you would pour your spirit upon them. That God, they would not care about popularity. They would not care about rejection. They would not care about what people are saying about them. They will not care, Lord Jesus. God, they would care about you. They would care about your will, your plans, your desires, you living through that. Miss.